This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or TuneIn and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. Our worship theme today Though we are lost, God reaches out to find us and bring us home to Him. Rags to Riches, The Journey of Our Faith The words and experiences of Paul offer each of us a message of hope. These words remind us that no matter who we are, what we have done, what mistakes we've made, God wants to use us. I want to share three lessons of faith with you. God has chosen you, God has forgiven you, God has strengthened you. We read from 1 Timothy 12, 1 to 17. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counteth me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. God has chosen you. Like Paul, God has chosen each of us, even though we are the worst of sinners, because he can use what we have to offer. It's nice to be chosen, but sometimes we have trouble believing our chosenness. Me? I'm the one? Are you sure? When I declare out to you that God has chosen you, your first response may be, Who, me? There must be some mistake. But God does not make mistakes. You've been chosen to be saved and to serve. God needs you, and therefore he chooses you. Why me? What do I have to offer the kingdom of God? Need a list? Try these three. First, God can use your experience with sin. You know what it is like to be disobedient to God. You know the pain of guilt. You know what it's like to feel remorse after mistakes. You also know how it feels to be forgiven and cleansed by Jesus. Who better to talk about forgiveness than you? Second, God can use your connections with people. You know a lot of people, some better than others. You know how to talk to them, to approach them about Jesus, and how to invite them to church. God needs your connections with people. Thirdly, God can use your 
abilities, power and energy to build his kingdom. The more Christians there are, the more power can be created. God needs your wisdom, your insight and your experience. God values your contribution. Paul writes with absolute amazement he's been chosen to, by God, despite what he used to be. Part of God's choosing is his choosing to forgive. Despite what he used to be, God f offers forgiveness. God is a forward-looking God. Your past is not nearly as important as your future. God is looking ahead. Most of us live our entire lives looking backwards. We keep thinking and remembering what we used to do and what we once said and how we sometimes acted. We remember our mistakes and allow them to hold us captive in the present. Friend, God's grace is sufficient to forgive our sin. God has strengthened you. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. The strength of God is a special gift that God shares with his chosen. We need that strength to do his work and service. Philippians 4.13 states, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God gives us the strength to live, to witness, to forgive and to build. We've made mistakes. Our past is most imperfect. But we've been chosen, forgiven and empowered by God. To the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the Only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. Our first music today on Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0, Free Independent Community Media. How firm a foundation. This was the favourite hymn of Robert E. Lee, a general in the Confederate Army of the American Civil War and has been played at the funerals of several U.S. politicians. On Christmas Eve 1898, American units involved in the Second War joined together to sing the hymn. The units were from both the North and South of the USA. That they should join together was still somewhat unusual in view of the ill feeling still evident about the American Civil War 30 years before. How firm a foundation! Jesus, have made for repose. I will. 
2003, the Nobel Prize for Medicine was awarded to the pioneers of MRI scanning technology. But of those honoured for this amazing medical breakthrough, there was a glaring omission. Incredibly, the Nobel Committee did not recognise Dr. Raymond Damadian, who is widely known as the man who invented the MRI scanner. The two men who did receive the Nobel Prize certainly contributed to the field, but there's no doubt that Damadian made the pioneering breakthroughs. And what makes his exclusion even more suspect is that up to three people can share the award. It does make you wonder if the committee's decision was influenced by the fact that Raymond Damadian is an outspoken Christian creationist. Even atheistic philosophy professor Michael Roos confessed, I cringe at the thought that Raymond Damadian was refused his just honour because of his religious beliefs. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. We continue Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media with All Things Bright and Beautiful. This is written by Cecil Francis Alexander, born in Dublin, Ireland in 1818. Her religious work was influenced by contacts with the Oxford Methodist movement. By the 1840s, she was already writing hymns and works for children. Among her hymns are, There is a green hill far away, and Once in Royal David's City, and the one we play now, All Things Bright and Beautiful. Oh. 
You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Lost and Found Amazing Grace is possibly the most loved of the English hymns. It is sung in cathedrals and country churches at beach parties and rock concerts. Written by John Newton, a former slave owner and sailor of the 18th century, it speaks of being lost and then by the grace of God being found. These words strike a deep chord in most of us. The two parables that Jesus tells us in this passage speak of the lost and the found. Jesus spoke to the lost of his day. We read from Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave them at ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth his friends together and neighbours, saying unto them, Rejoice! With me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbours together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. This 15th chapter of Luke begins with the statement the tax collectors and sinners were drawn to Jesus. These were the outcasts and socially suspect of the time. Who might such people be today? The homeless, those with AIDS and those who are HIV positive, those addicted to drugs or alcohol. The list goes on and on and include, include gang members, refugees, the unemployed, the illiterate and those receiving welfare. Who would be drawn to Jesus today and with whom would he be found? The religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees stood nearby, critically noting that Jesus socialised with such undesirables. Before judging their attitudes, we might do well to consider their point of view and look for contemporary counterparts to their criticism. Is it very different from that of a concerned parent whose teenagers make friends with drug users or gang members? Jesus made the leaders of organised religion uncomfortable in his time and his actions challenge us today. Jesus told these two parables in response to their criticism. That which is lost can be found. The two parables are very similar. They both tell of losing something and the joy of finding it again. All of us have lost or misplaced things, and no doubt the scribes and Pharisees could relate to the stories and were drawn into the tales. Both are stories of someone seeking the lost. The first story, the story of the Good Shepherd, is one of the most beloved of parables. Images of the Good Shepherd go back to the walls of the catacombs and adorn many church windows. Many contrite school and school children have seen themselves as the wayward lamb cradled at last in the shepherd's arms. The shepherd seeks the one sheep, one out of one hundred, that's been lost. 
The analogy is that God is likewise seeking the lost, and that those outcasts Jesus entertains are the lost sheep. The second parable, that of the lost coin, is similar, but the protagonist is a woman and the lost items a coin. It's clearly something of value, and she turns the house upside down to find it. Again, the central message is that God is seeking the lost, just as these two protagonists will not rest until the lost is found. This parable is an illuminating one for our time, because Jesus is teaching about the relentless seeking of God, and uses a woman to illustrate the point. God is reaching out, eager to reclaim those who have fallen away. Most of us know people who are lost. They are ones who fell through the cracks of life, who couldn't make it, or who made it in a soul-destroying way. They are often our friends and family members. We need to remember that these are beloved of God. These two parables tell us of the nature and activity of God and direct us in discipleship. They urge us to reevaluate our lives of faith and our work as churches to include reclaiming those who have become lost from the fold. Singing, I once was lost but now am found, might be a good place to start. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0. Jesus Paid It All. The worst of the song Jesus Paid It All, written by Elvira Hall in 1865. She was a member of the Monument Street Methodist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, and the choir director of the same church was John Thomas Grape, who composed a tune called All to Christ I Owe. The pastor of Monument Street Methodist Church, the Reverend George W. Schrake, heard the music written by Grape and immediately thought of the verses written by another parishioner, Elvina Hall. The pastor's suggestion, Hall's lyrics and great music were combined and then sent to Professor Theodore Perkins, publisher of the periodical Sabbath Carols. The music quickly became a favourite and has been published in and sung from hymnals across America ever since. Jesus paid it all.
persecution in Pakistan. Late last year, the Supreme Court of Pakistan finally acquitted Asia Bibi's blasphemy charges and dropped the sentence of death that came with the charges. Unfortunately, in the violent Islamic protests that followed, the government made a negotiation with Islamic extremists to keep Asia from leaving the country and to review her case again. Asia Bibi is still under armed guard in Pakistan. She's not allowed to leave the country even though she's been acquitted of the charges of blasphemy. She's held under armed guard in a secret location in Pakistan. Extremists are still trying to determine her location. She's already been forced to move location five times as extremists find her whereabouts and attack. She's currently with her husband in the secret location. However, her children are not with her. They have been taken to Canada for their own safety. She desperately misses them. We would ask you to pray that the government officials in Pakistan would see that they're being unjust in not letting Asia Bibi free after her just acquittal and pray that God would continue to protect Asia Bibi and not allow Islamic extremists to find out where she's living. Pray that Asia's traumatic experience would work to the glory of God and increase awareness of the persecuted church around the world. Also in Pakistan, two Christian men Kaiser and Amun Ayub have been sentenced to death. They were accused of blaspheming the Prophet Muhammad, though publication they placed on the website. In a situation much like Abiyah Bibis, the men will begin the long process of appealing the charges and face danger of death in the prison where they will be held until they get an appeal hearing. The Centre for Legal Aid, Assistance and Settlement that represented the men in their trial so they believe the judge in the case did not apply his judicious mind and convicted the accused in a very casual manner. The Centre for Legal Aid, Assistance and Settlement believes that in blasphemy cases the judges always remain under threat of, from religious fanatics and that is why trial judges convict those accused of blasphemy. We would ask you to pray as well for these two gentlemen as they hold up their Christian faith and in fact for all those who are suffering from their faith through persecution. This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen in every Sunday for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity highlighting preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns and spiritual songs. We use only the King James Bible, the authorised version. We close with Jesus Calls Me. In 1852, Cecil Francis Alexander, wife of an Irish preacher, had written a poem following the sermon on Sunday. On hearing it, her husband asked she could write another poem before next Sunday's sermon to illustrate that sermon. She read the relevant section, Mark 1, 16-18, The Calling of Andrew by Jesus, that evening, and soon wrote the verses which were read the following Sunday morning. By her death in 1895, Mrs. Alexander had written over 400 hymns and poems. Jesus Calls Me. Boy!
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.